Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for checking out this Phillies special edition of the Bullpen Cart presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Maddie D and I are really excited to bring you guys this episode. Obviously, if you're not a Phillies fan, it's probably not the pod for you. We'll check you out on the uh, next one when we come back to just general Major League Baseball. If you haven't listened to this week's that Greg and I recorded back on Monday, go check that out. But Phillies fans, buckle up. Matt and I have been talking about doing this for a while, and we could not have picked a better time. We recorded this Thursday afternoon, so it was before the Phillies 6-2 win in St. Louis on Thursday night. Odubel Herrera extended his on-base streak to 43 games, and we talk about him. We talk about Aaron Nola. We talk about the entire team, how we think they've been doing, where they think we could go from here in terms of the trade deadline, how they could maybe fit in other pieces, prospects, all that good stuff. We're really excited for it, guys. And let us know what you think. Either leave us a comment, tweet at us, Thunder BLG on Twitter, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook, obviously thunderblogsports.com. But enjoy this week's episode. It was a lot of fun to record, and I hope you guys enjoy it too. Let us know what you think. Thanks. And we are live. Welcome to this Philadelphia Phillies special edition of the bullpen cart presented by thunderblogsports.com. I, of course, am the G-Man and as promised with me to break down our boys in red pinstripes. Matty D! What's up, buddy? Uh, You know, there's been a lot of Philly sports going on lately and I was pushing you to have this this special pod because... There's a team that is not like first of all they got they didn't even get any credit for the fact that they won the World Series in 2008. Obviously, as we know, our beloved Eagles won. Everyone's talking about how they brought championship back to Philadelphia, but, but the Phillies have done it. And then they went through those 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 dark dark years and a lot of dark years. Yeah, and with all these other teams still kind of climbing, the Sixers in particular, we've kind of lost sight of this squad here. Who, I mean. They're, they look damn good, and I'm, I've been very impressed, and I've been trying to tune into more games, and it's really made me you know, a happier guy. I love watching the Phils. Oh, yeah. They're so much fun to just turn on the television. I can't wait to go to a couple more games, especially as the weather gets nicer, get those shorts on, you know, ice-cold beer, sunglasses on. I'm, I'm fired up. I'm fired up for our Phils, man. Hell fucking yeah. I cannot be more excited. The Phillies are, I've talked about this a number of times. They're my favorite of the four Philadelphia sports teams. Obviously, I'm very excited for the Eagles. It's happy with how, decently happy how the Flyers did. I was pretty happy about the Sixers. Not such a fan of how the season ended, but the Phillies being back on the up and up could not make me happier uh, aside from other things in life, but inside the world of sports, nothing really can make me happier than a good Philadelphia Phillies team. We talked about it though on Monday. We're doing this. It's a Phillies only podcast. So we, you know, did our regular show. If you uh, aren't a Phillies fan, you know, go tune into the show that Greg and I recorded on Monday and enjoy that. But if you're here for the Phils, get ready because this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited for it. We're going to try to go through almost every player uh, on the roster, kind of look ahead on the schedule, some, you know, maybe moments that you and I have thought. Um, you know, and, and really, uh, you know, maybe look at maybe look at the trade deadline, and some prospects, uh, what they got in the pipeline. But I'm, I'm really excited, Matt. Let's jump right into it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the first thing to pick out here is this team was not expected after last year in particular to have uh, much of a shot. I think the over under no. was what, 70 something wins, I think it was. I took a bet at 78 wins. Um, it was actually in, in the minus ca- category. So that means a lot of people were betting it. Um but at 78 was the over-under, uh, which I thought they, were, they would be around a 500 team. Just the big wild card was the pitching, which uh, you know we're, we're about to get into, but it's done really over, done really well and really overperformed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've um, this. There's so much, so many young players that are coming up that maybe struggled last year a little bit. People were saying, well, you know, maybe they're not ready. And they're all kind of bouncing back, and it's clogged. I mean, the whole, the whole, which is good. The whole organization is just clogged up um, with great, great players. And I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. We're not. I don't think we're a mirage because there's just so many people, so many guys, so many players that are ready to go. Oh yeah, no, no, no I totally agree with you. I think um, the fact that so many of the young guys, like you said. You know, might have either been shelled or really under or really underperformed at the plate. They've come out and done very well. Not that they all have. There have been some 
I wouldn't call them duds just yet because there's a lot of time left in the season for people to get healthy and really you know get the ball rolling. But I mean, I think that's been the, the uh, you know the big factor there, and uh, some of the signings uh, in the off season. Uh, you know, Santana and Arietta have been you know been paying off, especially as of late. Um, but it's I mean it's just exciting to see. You know, yeah. I mean, I agree. And I, what I want to do is I want to frame it in where we are. And I'm going to, we're going to ignore the American League here. But when we look at the National League, yep. the Phillies are second place in the division, tied um, with losses with the, with the Atlanta Braves. Uh, the Washington Nationals right behind them, two games back in the loss column. New York Mets, four and a half games back, three games in the loss column. Bigger positive there, though, is the Phillies have a run differential positive of plus, 40, plus 42. And we're 16 and six at home, dominated home. Yep. Um, obviously, this division suddenly looks stacked. Looking across kind of the rest of the league, I mean, other clear powerhouses. I think everyone thinks the Arizona Diamondbacks are a pretty good baseball team, but the Dodgers tailed off. The Cubs, even though their run differential is still like plus 51, higher than the Phils, are still kind of mirrored down a little bit. Um, but when you look across kind of the league, I mean, there's no clear. It's not like the American League where there's some clear super teams. It looks to me like this is a wide open National League, and it's going to be a tough National League battle with it, with with four teams. Obviously, the Marlins being terrible, locked in. I mean, it's exciting to see we're still in the race into May, and and it looks like we'll be into the race well into June too, which is which is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And to, and to give a, a further perspective on it, the Phillies, if the playoffs started today, would be the second wild card team going to Milwaukee. Uh, they would be two games back of, of Milwaukee for the first spot. But they're a game ahead of St. Louis where they're going tonight um, to start a four-game series. So that's pretty crucial there. Um, we're recording this on Thursday the 17th, by the way. Uh, but then, as you mentioned, two games ahead of Washington. They're two games ahead of Chicago. Um, the Cubs that rather, uh, the, the Rockies are right there as well. Uh, they just have a lot of losses cause their games haven't gotten rained out. <laughs> the right, Phillies right. had two of their last four games get postponed into one with the Orioles into, into July and one with the Mets into August. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. It's a, it's a wide open national league. You thought there might be this potential, but there was also the potential that, that teams like the nationals and the Cubs could just really get off to a incredibly hot start and just run away with these and you know not make it that exciting by the time june 1st rolled around so i mean yeah even if you just like baseball this is exciting right no i agree i agree and i i think when you look at the team um i would say i mean we're, we're going to talk about both sides here but we you think the hitting would be what is leading us but if you look at if you look at runs against which is a critical number uh, we are number one in runs against in the national league uh, and we are, I believe, number one, two in runs against uh, – no, only the Astros. The only team better than us by a wide margin in runs against is the Houston Astros across baseball. Yep. So clearly we're getting it done with pitching and defense um, to an extent. I don't, I don't want you to think our bats aren't good bats. We've also won a lot of close – won and lost a lot of you know, low-scoring ball games. It's impressive to me, and I and I think the headliner there, I, and everyone would agree, is is got to be Aaron Nola, who early on, at least I know it's early, is a contender right away for you know all star as well as a Cy Young uh, candidate here as well early on in the season. No, I totally agree. Um, one other one other uh, other note on pitching, just in general, we're second in home runs allowed uh, across all baseball. And we pitch in Citizens Bank Park for half of our games. Exactly, which to to combat, Greg referred to it as a little league park, which you kind of alluded to. It's a home run friendly park, but the fact that that's something where we can finish, or at least be at this point, not finish, not even close to finished at sixteen and six uh, is incredible. Um, and just that fact, you have your seventh in WHIP, third in ERA, to second in, in runs allowed, which I think just means we played a lot more innings uh, or a lot less innings than than whoever's in third, but. Yeah, the pitching's been great, but let's. You want to j- jump right into to each of the yeah. each of the guys and, and talk about yeah, their seasons. Let's, let's walk through it. Absolutely. Yeah. So it probably makes sense to start with Aaron Nola. Oh my um, god, the guy who has been for three years now touted as the next Cole Hamels, the next future ace of the Phillies, and you know it wasn't that he wasn't dominant. He he faced some, you know, some injuries throughout the throughout the road, but I mean he's looked anything 
but healthy or he's or he's look or he's been everything but unhealthy i should say uh geez i cannot get my double negatives wrong um <laughs> and i even fucked it up there but aaron nola has been far and away the one of the most valuable pitchers for the fills despite even that um having a little bit of an innings limit at the start of the year for that fact and the analytics and all of that, but 50, 58.2 innings pitched. He struck out 51 batters. He's six and one, but the real headliner here is the point or 1.99 ERA and 0.99 whip. He's allowing a 218 batter uh, batting average against. I mean, he is mowing down guys, Matt. Absolutely. I mean, he does definitely have that Cole Hamels look to him. Doesn't uh, he? Yeah, he does. Just he a little bit, like him. right? Right. Um, with with he, you know, his his size and length, uh, he's he. I, I want to say it's a little. His numbers, I think, right now are a little unexpected. Uh, oh yeah. Just just be, right. What really gets me though is of nine starts, seven have been quality starts. He goes. He's been going deep into games. Um, you know, if he leads the Phillies in innings pitched, which is important. Um, uh, that to me is important. Keeps his walk numbers down as, as well. Um, he's not a huge, he gets strikeouts. Don't get me wrong, but he's not a huge strikeout guy. And I think one of the things you've seen a lot of pitchers, and we're going to get to another one on this roster, I think has this problem is they're so concerned with throwing a strikeout, a ground ball. If you watch Roy holiday, Cliff Lee, um, uh, Roy Oswalt, Cole Hamels, those guys, while they did get strikeouts, don't get me wrong. They also threw a lot of ground ball outs, quick, quick one or two pitches into the at bat, getting a guy to ground out that saves your arm for later innings. And I think he's been doing a good job of that. Um, that That's important to me with, with these guys, having that ability to get out of innings quickly and not have to pitch a ton of pitches every game. That that allows your manager to leave you in longer. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, if you go even a step deeper into it, a lot of, of what he's been doing, because he's, I mean, he still has great strikeout numbers. The strikeouts per nine is 7.8. Um, you know, I'll take a seven strikeout game over seven innings any day of the week. I mean, you, you take a deeper step and look into some of the, the bigger stats of uh, within analytics. He has an ERA plus, which adjusts to the ballparks they're playing in of 196. And to give everybody an idea, the league average is 102, uh, really without getting too stat nerdy. Uh, you know, that's I mean. It's 91 points higher, you know, pretty good there. Um, the other one though is, is field independent pitching, which or fielding independent pitching, which is basically you take out if uh, you know, you're playing ghost rules almost like you do as a kid where you don't have eight, you know, you don't have nine guys in the field and say, what would be an out? What would, what wouldn't be that average? It's supposed to be field independent ERA goes to 2.79. It's always going to be higher than your regular ERA, but, I mean, that's still three is a good number there, three or four, and he's sub three. And I, I think going into those deeper stats and really just watching him, like you said, he has that Cole Hamels look, feel, vibe to him mm-hmm. um, and has that Roy Halladay-esque of just get the outs when you get the outs instead of trying to you know, pick your spots and throw to try to you know, hit corners or whatever. He's just throwing it. And I right. think that's, that's the big thing. Yeah, it's like trusting your stuff to get an out, you know. Yeah. The best pitchers in baseball know that, hey, even even if a guy makes contact with my best pitches where I want them to be, you know, th- it's going to be an out. It's going to be a ground out. It might be a fly ball, but keep it low. I mean, uh, you want to see a guy pitching and not trying to throw, you know, throw strikeouts. And I've, I've been very impressed with Aaron. And I hope that some of that vibe has come from the next guy on the list, the big free agent signing. Took him a little bit to get up here, but Jake Arrieta, I would, I mean, I wouldn't say he's been spectacular. But he's been really good um, through seven starts, five, three and one. Five of the seven are quality starts. Another really nice number to see, 2.59 ERA. I've been impressed with his abilities just to come into a new a new place and perform well. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, he definitely has that Roy Halladay vibe of just get the outs, get it, you know, shut down people. He's had, for some of his starts, and I've seen a couple of them where he's – come out and been a little shaky. He might let up a, you know, a couple of base runners and get himself into an early jam. But once he gets settled in, it's bang, 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 bang. He gets, if not one, two, three innings, shutout innings. And he just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling to the point that the Phillies have either built him up a lead or it's a seventh inning. And, you know, 
he's 32. So you want to try to reserve him. And, and he's, you know, had that slower start, as you mentioned. Right. Um, but I mean, I think it's been, it's been a, it's been a fantastic signing. I was a little weary just because we weren't sure what Arietta we were going to get, but he came out firing for the fills. No, definitely, definitely for sure. And I think the other big thing there too is this is what you expect from your twenty-five million dollar man. Exactly. <laughs> continued success in this regard is important, and just just kind of that calming force in the rotation, having a guy because the rest of this is so is so young, so much younger. There's the staff, and I think he's. I think his presence is important. I think you can see it. I mean, I was at a game down by the dugout. You were there with me. I was at a game previous before that. He just has a calming presence. It seems like with some of the uh, some of the younger guys, which is important when you have a team full of youth like that. But I think like my next question to you would have to be, who's your number three? So I'm a big fan of Nick Pavetta. I'm also a big fan of Zach Eflin. Okay. Right now, I'd say Pavetta's three. Eflin in two starts has looked fantastic, but Pavetta's three, and we'll, I'm sure, get to Eflin Mania. But he just pitched a fantastic game yesterday afternoon down in Baltimore. Went seven innings, had 11 Ks. Really, aside from a first inning home run against Adam Jones, or from Adam Jones, he, uh, I mean, he was mowing down Baltimore Orioles hitters left and right, and he kind of knew these guys, and we, we've talked about it a million times with the Orioles, they go for the home run. They go for the big swing. They let me get it off. They let me get allow one to him, but I'm not allowing any more. He had that basically this epiphany moment, come to Jesus, if you will, and just shut these guys down. And he knew I'm going to hold hold this up, hold this game up for as long as I can until the team comes around and starts scoring some runs for, for me. And that's what they did. They had a great sixth inning, a good seventh inning, a shaky eighth inning, and the bullpen actually came in. But it was – on the heels of Pavetta, really uh, over his last couple starts, been fantastic. Uh, some stats for you: he's a three point seven two ERA over forty six innings. He's got a WHIP of one point one three. Only allowed five home runs, which really, I mean, we've talked about uh, about you know how many this team has has and hasn't allowed, but comparatively to you know Velasquez is eight and Aaron Nola and Jake Arrieta's three and two respectively. You know, that's a it's still pretty good for a 25 year old. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, he is he is my number two as well. Yeah, yeah. I think Eflin maybe, but maybe at some point. What impresses me, Pavetta, he just seems to be going after it. Once again, my concern with him, we've been talking about this. He's not my number one concern, but is I love the strikeouts, but we're only we've only seen three quality starts in in nine, so we haven't had that same sure. kind of consistency. And I, a couple times I've seen him, he's blazing through guys, and then he kind of gets kind of gets stuck, and he's trying to throw those ridiculous strikeouts. That being said, I was impressed with the Orioles' performance for sure. I thought that was critical, um, you know, to his, you know, that's what we need from him to be a really solid third starter. Absolutely, yeah. I think another thing, and take this with a grain of salt, because he's, you know, had two less, two more starts than Arietta. Um, Velasquez is about to have his ninth start tonight. Um, and Eflin's only started in two, but he, in terms of batters faced, he's faced about 40 less than, um, about 35. Now that I'm doing the math than than Nola in 12 less innings. So at times he can be shaky uh, from what that, you know, what that's showing And He has a bit of a higher whip, but uh, you know, I mean, he's only 25, so he's showing some good signs. Uh, but I think if he can, keep this momentum going i think he could have a, a nice little run into the all-star break yeah gotcha gotcha i mean that'd be nice too because the guys behind him i'm a little more concerned about i know a lot of question back. marks right and so my hope is <laughs> my hope is that they can that they, that velasquez and eflin can kind of figure it out because you're going to need at least four guys to kind of get through the season. Yep. And I, and I think I think the next guy I would say, just because Eflin only has two starts, would be Vince Velasquez. Um, we have talked about this. I still think he's going to end up being in a, in a bullpen, maybe even a closer role, because he has that fire um, that maybe you'd like, you'd like to see. Um, so, But once again, I, I would like to see him doing a little bit more in terms of getting through innings, he just seems to get, like I said, he's to me the biggest, the biggest guy here with his problems there. No, absolutely. I mean, kind of to, to reiterate it, he's, 
nearly, and he probably will after tonight, lead the team in strikeouts. He's at 50 to, to uh, Pavetta's 53. Um, but he's he's let up eight homers, which three more than Pavetta, four more than Ben Lively, who's made three less starts. Um, and is, and is, I think, uh, he might be on the DL right now, but yeah, Velasquez, I mean, I think he should be in the bullpen now. I mean, I think once, or at least once Jared Eikhoff comes back, I think you could get away with, depending on what you see from him, he's had a couple good starts in, in rehab down at Lehigh Valley. Um, but he's apparently with the Phillies. He hasn't been activated yet. He was apparently in Baltimore with them yesterday. Right. Um, I'm talking about, uh, Eikhoff, but I think he likely will end up there potentially with, with closing. And we can talk about some of the closing issues that have been, been plaguing the Phillies and, and the weird ending to yesterday's game. But sticking with Velasquez, I mean, he's by far struggled the most. He's three and four and eight and eight starts. And his ERA is 5.05. His whip is 1.34. Uh, it's really it's go for broke strikeout or bust. And you know, it, it works for some guys. And when, when he's on Velasquez can be great, but I think you might need to see it in more smaller spurts and whether it's a middle relief type of appearance, or if it's in a closing or a setup, man, um, I'm not sure, but you know, I'm, I'm sure the Phillies might have that in the back of their brains, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you there. And, and I do think like, when I cough does come back, that's a nice kind of kind of slot in, um, because the other part of the equation here is going to be the bullpen. I am, and I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm very unimpressed with our bullpen in general. Oh, absolutely, uh, It's definitely, uh, the positive is of all the things to grab guys in the trade deadline, the bullpen is the place to go. Um, I've never been a big Hector Neris guy. I, he's okay. In my opinion, he's not a closer. That's how I feel. Uh, Rios, I like Garcia. Ramos, there's some good pitchers there. I think that are that are that are okay, um, but we are definitely in the market for upgrading in that area. And if if that could be Velasquez, that would be great. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's a couple things, right? That they need they need a lefty. They don't have a lefty in the bullpen. Um, they've been sending guys up and down. Uh, you know, the, whether it's you know Holby Milner who who was who was on the team and or Zach Curtis, both of whom kind of traded off as the uh, the sole lefty reliever um but at least ramos has been he's been the one bright star he looks he's looked pretty good he's you know only come into or he's coming to 19 games um he's finished five uh one of which was in a save situation last weekend against the mets um uh, and I, and really it looked like he was going to have it yesterday but he got yanked with two outs against the the orioles to give nearest the ability to to close it out um sticking ramos with a hold but uh, yeah i mean He's Ramos when he's been on has looked great. He is a great curveball and a great slider. Um, but nearest, I mean, something got all fucked up in his head. It had to have because he this is the exact opposite of last year. He didn't start the season as the closer. It was Jenmar Gomez who really stunk. Uh, and nearest came in and, and was better. He still wasn't the best closer, but at least showed some competency with it. But at point i mean either put him in as like the setup man or figure something out to do with him or even send him down to the binders you've you know you really haven't been shy with doing that with anybody uh in right. terms of uh, you know in in your bullpen and even let sir anthony dominguez get some more get some more uh eighth or ninth inning appearances uh, i know he's only 23 but you know at, you know at this point he's looked pretty solid so far he's yet to let yeah. up a run trying to find some wood to knock on to <laughs> in case tonight's <laughs> night uh but we'll see. Yeah. Oh, sorry there. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I agree. Um, there are some really – there are some names out there, and we'll get to it a little bit, that may be an option. You could probably pre-trade deadline it if you had to, too, and grab some of these guys. Um, so, like, I think the starting pitching is looking really strong. Normally yep. when you're – you know, when you're building a, a rebuild, you, you go after – batters and starting pitchers then you start to fill in which is why we moved guiles that's when you start to fill in um your bullpen right yep. those guys are tend to be a little bit more short term than say long term um even some of the great closers come and go pretty quickly so this is good this is a good spot for us to be able to try to find some bullpen arms that's that's important no i would totally agree with that um 
And I think, uh-huh. yeah, when the time is right to make that move, you know, it's beyond me. Uh, I would think probably June, July. I, I would think the the all-star break is probably that that golden window between that and the it usually is for most trades so it's you know real real smart real smart insight by me but i mean we saw it last year when the when the phillies moved pat nishak and he even came back to the team but you can get a, a nice haul right at the uh the very end you know the very end of the regular trade deadline i think some of the bigger names will probably get acquired whether it's by the phillies or otherwise um in that August time frame during the waiver trade deadline. But yeah, the bullpen, it seems like that's been the hottest commodity. And I think the Phillies have a lot to, you know, deal in terms of, uh, you know, the chips and whatnot. Um, but it's going to be exciting to see what they do. I wouldn't want to overpay for anybody. That's the only thing that concerns me, but it'll be, it'll be really fun to watch how that all evolves. Yeah, absolutely. But I think, I think, as as much fun as pitching is, let's be real. Talking about a little little fielders, a little batting is pretty damn exciting. And oh yeah, I don't know how we don't talk about him first. The man, the myth, the legend, leading the National League, leading the whole league. I think right in batting average still. Uh, he was second in God. the league the other day. I don't know if he overtook it yesterday or not. Um. Well, but we're talking about El Torito. El Torito. Ubel Herrera. And this is one guy that you mentioned before who he didn't have the best year last year. He had a really good 2016. Uh, He had a really, really slow start to the year. But he, since I think it's June 1st of 2017, he is, I think, fifth amongst all major leaguers. In batting average, think about that. Think about who's up in in there. Jose Altuve, a number of these guys, and Odubel Herrera is right there, and he has exploded this year to a fantastic season so far. And he didn't even start on opening day. Think about how crazy that is. But he's batting three fifty seven. He's got six homers, twenty four ribbies. He has fifty one hits, so he's well on his way to a good season. Uh, he's taking a lot of walks too, which I think is, is something that that really isn't talked about a ton. Uh, his on base percentage is 426 and slugging 552. Um, you know, I mean, he's by far the MVP of this team so far. Uh, Reese and, and Michael Franco, I think, are right there as well. But Odubel's been exciting to watch, and every single time he gets onto the plate, up to the plate. You know, you're you're gonna see something. He's gotten on base safely in 42 straight games, Matt. Wow. Yeah. Going. I mean, I, I was. Yeah. It, it, it's the talent was always there. Oh yeah. You know, he just got in his own own head a little bit. Uh, what I've been impressed with is it seemed like last year he's 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 making more contact with the baseball, which is important. He's hitting 429 on fastballs. Um, he looks prepped to kind of lock in and stay there. Um, the, the being on base though, to me is what shows you a player who has all those tools who said, you know what, I can, I can do this as well. Like, like getting that locking in his mind and being ready and prepared every day. It seems like he's come with that more and more. And it's basically keeping him in the lineup because they, they essentially have a four player outfield, um, and they're trying to get all four players on, but he can't be out of the lineup right now. I mean, it's just too no. good. Um, no, no, no. Yep, yep. Lowering strikeouts, increasing walks. That's so critical. This is a Rule 5 guy. We've had some success before with a Rule 5 guy. and uh, Shane Victorino, the flying Hawaiian. So yep. another guy here who looks pretty strong. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure what else can be said, but let's keep it going, El Torito. Yeah. Let's get some more uh, O-doubles. <laughs> I mean, I think we just stay right in the right in the um, right in the outfield. Talk about a couple other guys out there. Uh, Reese Hoskins now hasn't necessarily had the blazing start that he had at the end of last year. Obviously, you know, playing more playing in the outfield fully. Two sixty five average, five home runs, which doesn't lead the team, but it's up there. Um, I would say he's had kind of an, an uh, conspicuous start, like not a bad one, but he hasn't necessarily been. A superstar early. That being said, I mean, 
it's it's early in the season, and I think he just needs to continue to have consistent playing time. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, it's been interesting how they've been dealing with his move to left field. Um, with Carlos Santana playing in, in pretty much every game, um, he's been consistently out out and left. He played DH yesterday, which was something when they went down to Tampa last month, they'd even said, no, we want to get Reese as many reps out there as possible, but good yeah. on them putting, putting him in left and, and kind of utilizing what everything you have for, uh, for your outfield unit. But yeah, Hoskins, I, I think a couple good notes is while he has had a slower start and he's been in a slump as a recent, he still is getting RBIs left and right. He's at 26 right now. That's uh, good for third best on the team behind Franco and Carlos Santana. Uh, you know, he's not afraid to run, which I think is something that, uh, you know, is, is definitely what you want to see, especially, uh, from a young guy, young, quick guy. Uh, he's three for five on, uh, stolen base attempts takes a lot of walks though. He is the team leader behind in front of Cesar Hernandez at 30 walks. So you're almost getting type of, uh, uh, Bobby Abreu almost type of vibe. He can hit home runs with five, uh, drive in runs, but you know, really drawing out those walks and while the bat gets warm and he keeps drawing walks, we could see a, a pretty impressive OBP by the end of yeah. the season. Yeah, absolutely. And like the positive is as good of a start as Ben, you've gotten guys like this who have just kind of not caught fire, 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 not a bad, I'm not saying he's had a bad start. I just like, you're, I'm excited to see that. Um, and he's played the most, you know, in terms of most of games played, he's up there. He's tied for the league with the lead at 40. I mean, he's plays he's playing every night, but it's that consistency that you'd like to kind of see a little bit more of, I think. No, no, absolutely. I totally agree. And uh, I, I just say, keep it up. Maybe, you know, keep the strikeouts a little low. He does lead the team. Uh, mm-hmm. But as I'm sure the back gets warm, that number is going to go down. No, absolutely. And, and I, so that, those are the two big guys. But to me, the other two guys in the outfield, they're to me, they're battling for the other position, the other spot, yep. unless they move Reese back to first base at some point. Don't think you're going to do that with Santana and, to be honest, his monetary contract. But um, Nick Williams and Aaron Altera are battling for that for that third spot in the outfield. Um, neither has gotten off to a, a good start. We've well, seen him better as of late. I was going to say, he's kind of perked up as of late, which has been really important. Um, he's batting 247. Altera's batting 192. Damn. So that's that's enough of a difference where I think at this point, Williams is kind of pushing himself ahead to an extent. And I think he could break out here and kind of be the everyday third outfielder if they're willing. Um, I'm a a big fan of both, that being said. Um, And it's a shame that we're kind of jammed up like this. Uh, But it's a good problem to have when you've got two guys who are both swinging the bat well. No, I totally agree. And I mean, if you remember in 2008, when the Phillies last won the World Series, they did have a a, uh, debate in right field. And then, you know, one guy ended up... uh, you know, really proven his worth, and that guy happened to be Jason Worth. I made a little pun uh, there. Yeah, try it. You know, I try, Matt. Um, and he, you know, I mean, the other, th- but he ended up, you know, being doing great things for the Phillies until he uh, got lured away. Uh, and now he's not. Now he's not even in the majors. But nonetheless, uh, I, I was about to say a, a really good thing on Nick Williams is that he's left-handed. They have just O'Double. That's a fully left-handed hitter. They have Santana and Hernandez as switch hitters. Um, but he's a lefty and he's very fast. Nick Williams is, I, I don't know if the fastest guy on the team, but he's up there. And I think when he gets on base, which he's been doing more and more, uh, you know, he's he also has been drawing a number of walks and strikes out less than Altair. So I think that that's invaluable in terms of, uh, you know, proving his worth. But as he gets on base, there's a number of times that you can see a ball go into right field, right center field, and Nick Williams might score, depending on where you're playing, obviously, and, and if it can get to the wall. That guy is fast enough that he could zoom around the bases. So, I mean, that makes me more exciting. I know uh, it's a little more of a small ball type of ideal uh, mindset there, but I think uh, you know they can utilize him more and more. We've been seeing him bat two a number of times, uh, and especially until they figure out what's going on shortstop, you know, having him batting after Cesar Hernandez and really too, and we're going to get to him in a second, but Carlos Santana's batting average woes helps, helps Williams in this regard, but we'll see how it all goes. But I'm, you know, I'm excited to see what, uh, how this all shakes out in the outfield. Cause I think at least for right now, you hit the nail on the head with how much you're paying Santana. You can't afford to not play him. So keep Reese and left, 
put uh, Oduble in, in center and then uh, Nikki Williams in, in right field. And then if you want to give Oduble a day off, move Williams to center and put Altair there. Or you, know, you, you can even put Scott Kingery out there. We've seen him get a couple right field yeah. starts. Yeah, I'll tell you, Scott Kingery, we'll get to him in a second. He's He's been critical with this team because he can just play everywhere, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think the other thing you got to think about here is Nick Williams was a big-time prospect. Aaron Altair really wasn't. And that's, there's always going to be that little bias that goes on, right? It's like a first-round pick in football versus a sixth-round pick in football. You know, there's a di- even if they're playing at the same level, well, he was a first-round pick. Well, Nick Williams was a big-time prospect, so I, that's going to play into it. Um, but like I said, it's a good problem to have when you have four guys like this, um, you know, hanging around and maybe one becomes trade bait. But we'll get to that. Um, I was going to jump actually behind the plate next. Mm, Talk about okay. one of the more interesting positions, I think, on this team, and that's at the catcher spot, yep. which is being held down by Jorge Alfaro and Andrew Knapp currently. Yes. And I wouldn't consider each to be having a great offensive season. That being said, defensively, and their ability to call games, you know, your team's ERA, while it is obviously primarily on the pitcher. I think on the bat, I think a lot goes into it with the catcher as well. Uh, totally. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, Jorge Alfaro is batting two thirty nine, which you know we maybe we got a little lucky with Carlos Ruiz a couple of years, but he you know, even in the heyday of the Phillies, he was never a superstar catcher. No. Um, in terms of hitting, hitting. So, um, and then Andrew Knapp has done very little at the plate, batting one seventy five. He's the backup catcher for a reason. Um, you know, you'd always like to see production everywhere in the lineup, but that's one place where they really haven't had a ton of production. You're okay with that, though. If, if anything is going to be a weak spot in the lineup, let it be your catcher. Um, he's got a lot, enough to deal with elsewhere. Um, you know, so I think no, that's totally. I'm, I'm okay with that. Even though Alfaro was a big-time prospect that came over, he was the Hamels trade, right? Yeah, he was. He was a part of yeah. that. Okay, he was one of the bigger names in the Hamels trade. So we'd like to kind of see him. He was after It was him and Nick Williams, right? Yeah, him and Nick Williams. Um, Jake Thompson. Was Velasquez in that? Or was Velasquez in the Giles trade? I don't remember. Yeah, it's one of those two. Remember. It came from Houston. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 or no, Cole Hamels went to Texas. Texas Never mind. A Texas team so, came from yeah. that that state. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm fine with that. I think the other guys. I mean, I, anyway, jumping in, you brought up Carlos Santana, but I know, quickly, I wanted to make yeah, a oh, comment, go ahead. Sorry, to go comment ahead. on the defensive ability. Yeah, Andrew Knapp is very is does very well in calling the game. Alfaro has an absolute hose of an arm. That guy can, if it's on second base, he can gun out 95% of the league. I mean, he right, can, right. When he, I mean, obviously he's hitting a little better and, and can hit for a little more power. So if he's in and it, he's been getting, a you know, his fair shake at games, he's played 28 games to, to naps 21. Um, but I think, Alfaro is probably the guy of the future, just because. But Andrew Knapp is hanging around there, and it's not a bad problem to have two two catchers hanging around. Again, I mean the 08 Phillies they had Chris Coast hanging around. Really, I think they traded him away at the deadline, but that's when Ruiz started to peak. So, you know, we've seen this. You know, we've seen this story before, and it's okay to see. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I miss. Well, we don't really have Tommy Joseph. Didn't Tommy Joseph come as a catcher originally? Yeah, he was a catcher, but then then uh, you're right. They moved to first Kind of wish we hadn't lost him because he'd be a great backup catcher because of his um, his hitting abilities. Have a guy you could pop in the lineup like that. Um, I'd I'd love that, but it is what it is. You know, um, I don't want to harp too much in the past there. Yep. So. <laughs> um, Joe jumping to first base, Carlos Santan definitely a professional, not having the best start. Although, like you said. Leads the team in home runs with seven now, tied with another guy who we'll talk about. Um, defensively, is, 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 is adept enough over there. I mean, he's definitely better than Ryan Howard at the uh, – what is that double play when you go from the, the first baseman to the second baseman back to the first baseman? Uh, that is a 3-4-3 or a 3-6-3 double play. Is, and, yeah, he is an outstanding defensive first baseman. Yes, which, which I love. And, which I which I loved Ryan Howard, but that was his one of his. He got better every year, but he could not throw the ball to second base. And if he managed to throw the ball, he certainly wasn't getting back to first. Um, no. So so it's good to see somebody over there. He he just has that look of a baseball player to me. 
He's, he's got a lot of pine tar. He's chewing the, you know, whatever he's done. I don't know what he's doing in his mouth. Um, but it's good to see the power come back. We can see the average bump up a little bit. It would be nice. Yeah, we've seen it go up. He's uh, in his last 10 games, he does have eight hits. Uh, he's taken his batting average from 171 to 192 coming into tonight. Uh, and he's hit four homers in that. So he's had a nice little run as of late. But yeah, I think that batting average will start going up. That that was a uh, traditional thing in Cleveland almost. You saw it with Edwin Encarnacion last year. You saw it with Santana. So I'm not too worried. Um, you know, I, I mean, the defensive the defensive abilities that he shows behind first base, I think, aside money aside, he proves his worth in terms of, of being on the field. And the bats will come. I mean, like you said, the guys that need to step up when when necessary, step up. So I wouldn't be too worried right now if you're a, if you're a Phillies fan, and which obviously you are if you're into the podcast at this point. <laughs> uh, I think Santana's going to be, you know, he's going to keep on creeping up his average. I mean. You definitely want it over the Mendoza line, but I think he'll, I think he'll do, he'll be, be well into the two hundreds by the time the season's well and done. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I, um, yeah, I mean, moving right along, I think Cesar Hernandez um, continues that strong start, trying to make himself untradeable, which would be great. He's had a pretty good start to the year. Um, dinged up a little bit uh, here and there, but I mean, you have to be, you have to think he's, he's, not a guy you're going to be looking to move at this point. I mean, I know Scott Kingery's there, but if Kingery can play elsewhere, I don't know. I'm struggling. It's like this big dilemma I have with Cesar because I love him. And moving Galvis freed up Craw, you know, freed up the spot for Crawford. What about third base? Uh, I'm stuck with Kingery and where to put him. Um, yeah. I got a bigger problem with the infield than I do with the outfield because there's so many guys that I want to see get playing time. I do as well, and it's interesting that that we talk about Kingery because he comes up as a second baseman. He's played third. He's played shortstop. He's played right field. He's played left field. Why haven't we seen, and is it just because Cesar's earned second base to be solely his, but when he first came up, he played plenty of shortstop. I mean, did he have an issue with moving back there and, and letting Kingery play where, where, you know, he came up through the minors playing. I mean, because we've seen, if you look at his highlight reel, he won the fucking minor league gold glove as a right. second baseman, or silver glove, excuse yeah. me, that's the name of the award, as a second baseman. So could, is, is it possible that you move Hernandez over and, and give Kingery some reps there? I mean, I wonder if they're also maybe saying, hey, look, Hernandez is good at second base. Kingery, can you play shortstop? Yeah. Or can you play third consistently and have success there? Um, because we already know what Hernandez brings. What can you do? But I, I do agree. I think that's a little strange. Um, they I don't think it's happened once. Right. I don't. I can't remember a game where he's been on second and Hernandez has been on third. So yeah. Shortstop. Yeah, know exactly. That that's what I mean. That. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting one there. Um, yeah, I think he's been exclusively second base. Right. I mean, the positive now is that you, Kingery can clearly play everywhere, which is a fantastic trait to have. Makes him very useful, like a Ben Zobris type almost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a really that's a really good call. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, even on that same regard, if you can move this guy all around, because the Cubs were able to do this masterfully throughout their time, and uh, you know, in fifteen, sixteen last year, this year even of moving guys around, they've obviously lost a couple there uh, in terms of the number of catchers they had, and you know, a couple of their outfielders, but. I, you know, I think as everything shakes up and, and depending on where the Phillies are once July 31st and August 31st roll around, um, they should be should be hanging around. Um, I mean, I don't think at this point it's not you're trying to dress Cesar Hernandez up as this you know great piece of trade bait, um, even though that looked like it was a high possibility at the start of the year. So I feel like they're going to figure it out, especially because they have all these different ideas of, of where they want to go one way or the other. Uh, but it's just, it's just weird that the the second base shortstop uh, conundrum has not been solved yet, and it's May seventeenth. Right, right, no, definitely, and obviously, uh, we know we 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 haven't really talked because he's been injured. But JP Crawford is going to be a big wrench in that too. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Certainly, I mean, this is a former number one overall prospect in baseball. Certainly hasn't struggled a little bit last year in AAA. Short, certainly hasn't stormed to the the top of the list. 
um, which may be another reason why you're seeing Hernandez so much at second because they want King already to be the shortstop and maybe Crawford isn't in their future plans. But you've got to give a, a guy who was number one prospect, what, two years ago in baseball? You, you yeah, two years him. ago. Up until right. this year, he was the Phillies' top prospect. Right, and, and, but for a while, he was, the, I think two years ago, he was the top prospect in all of baseball. Like, not yeah. even just Phillies. Like, this guy was a superstar prospect. you got to at least give him an opportunity to prove – you know, that he can be a great, you know, that he can do it because, you know, the tools are there. This isn't a draft pick. This is a guy who was the top prospect in baseball. That leads us to the next guy in the diamond, which is Mikhail Franco, who after basically being benched, thinking he was going to be the cleanup hitter of the future here, isn't starting, an, you know, not starting an opening day. Uh, and he's come off to a roaring start, seven home runs, batting 273, which is really important. Um, and he's looked much better as a third baseman slash pinch hitter, um, the problem with him is he's one-dimensional. He only plays third base. Yeah. So you're not dropping him in games late for his defensive abilities. You're not able to move him around and get him at-bats as much as Kingery yeah. um, or even Crawford and Hernandez. So they've got – they've really got the whole infield. There's – once again, they're one guy too many in the infield. Yeah. Um, and really even – you could almost say two guys – because you could argue that Hoskins should be a first baseman. So um, that's why we had questioned the Santana pickup. We were like, well, why are we signing this guy? Um, we already have a first baseman, a.k.a. Reese Hoskins. Um, it's a good problem to have. And thank God Kingery can play everywhere because uh, it allows guys to have days off. But it's a problem that we're going to run into all season until we hopefully get to the trade deadline or, or make a move. But even then – I, I like all these guys. I don't want to. I don't want any of these guys to go anywhere. It's a problem. I know. I, yeah. I really like our team. I I want to add guys, but I don't want to take anybody away. That's impossible in baseball. No, no, no. I, I, I totally agree with that. I think, um, you know, the one thing with Michael Franco that almost reminds me, he kind of reminds me of an infield version and, and a lot faster, which is why you don't see him get pulled late in games. But a but a uh, a version of Pat Burrell. Oh, yeah, he's a power hitting guy. Can you know he he can get a good average at times. He can be look really shaky at other times. But you know a guy that that you could even use as a you know spot here and there. You can you you can definitely start or you can start some guys around or over him and and really insert him into the lineup as you really want to because you can you can put him as your two hitter. You can put him as your your cleanup guy. I mean, they batted him all the way down at seventh at times this season. So, I mean, really they can move him around, you know, as they kind of see fit, depending on some lefty righty. Um, but I've been really happy with how he's been doing. I mean, he's a guy that really needed to come in, and we've talked about this to death, but he needed to come into this season and really, you know, show really show what he had for, for this team. Cause otherwise, he was probably they're gonna get dropped, cut, or try to throw him in as, you know, in some type of trade. Um, you know, as the you know player to be named later, even. Um, but I mean, looking at just other numbers, two seventy three, which is one of the higher batting averages on the team. He's only struck out twenty times, which that's even less than than Odubel Herrera, the guy that we're given you know all this praise to. He has seven right. homers, the team leading twenty nine RBI. So I mean, he's uh he's definitely shown what he has, and if he keeps it up, I mean, it's hard not to not to keep him at his spot. Right. Sometimes you got to light the fire under these guys because they get in, they get anointed. You know, Franco was anointed as kind of a star coming into last year. Um, the next as great was Herrera, right? Next great Phillies power hitter, and he had an awful year last year. And this year he's responded, which is good. Not only good for him, but it shows the organization knows what they're doing too, which is which is impressive. Yeah. No, like I said, absolutely. I'm struggling. I'm struggling with who to who to get rid of. No, I agree with you. It's going to be really, really interesting. And I mean, I think that wraps up for the for the players. So let's just jump right into kind of thinking about, you know, or, you know, if the Phillies are hanging around where they're at, you know, they're eight games above five hundred, which that's important to note because the last time the team even touched that number, including two years ago when they had that great April and first half of May, the last time the Phillies were eight games above five hundred, Matt was the final day of the two thousand eleven regular season wow. so they're at a and this is their best start since that same season 
But I mean, they're on a, a really good pace right now. And if they can keep it up and they're in a position where they're, even if they're not the second wild card team, you know, in the July 20s, right around Jordan Palooza eight, <laughs> if they're, you know, within five games, I mean, they go for bullpen. We already established that. But where else do you think they should go? Do you think they well, add another starter? Do you think they try to maybe yeah. package a player here or there and and get a another bona fide superstar? I mean, is it worth it to try to rent Manny Machado? Right. Yeah, I, mean, I think a couple of things to think about here. I think the, in order to look at what you're going to do, you have to look at what you have. And so a quick overview of what our minor league system looks like. Our number one guy right now is, is Sixto Sanchez, a starting pitcher. Now, he's down – in triple Redding, right? No. Uh, is he at Redding? I thought he was a triple A. Oh, single A. I'm sorry. Uh, I think he got caught up to double A, but we can confirm that. Um, but yeah, tell, tell us more about Sixto while I do that. Well, first of all, he won the ERA crown in the golf league back in 2016. We signed him in 2015 for just $35,000, which is like the biggest steal of all time, apparently, because he has he's excellent. He's got a great stuff, great, great stuff, great feel. He's actually not as tall as you would expect. He's only six foot tall. Um, he can get to he can get to 100 miles an hour with a fastball. He's got a good two two seamer with sinker. This guy, what I'm saying is, what I'm trying to say is, this guy looks like I know he's young. He's only 19, but he looks like the real deal. Um, he's your number one guy, and the only way you release a guy like him is if you're getting a guy like Manny Machado. So. We also have Adonis Medina, another um, single-A guy. He's 21, another pitcher. So we got two young pitchers. Um, Adam Hazley's a, a young outfielder, once again, triple-A. Mickey Moniak, an outfielder, um, you know, a first overall, first overall pick a few years ago. Seems like he's coming around, but very young. So those top four guys, in our, in our, they're all expected to come up maybe 2019, but probably not till 2020. Yeah. Um, there are big, there are big name guys right now. Now you've heard, you've heard some other names that have kind of fallen down. Roman Quinn, um, Dylan Cousins need to do a little bit more to get there. So there's enough guys here that you can make moves and kind of deplete this a little bit if you see fit. Yep. But and obviously you can trade a couple of these starters. Um, you know these guys up in the big leagues already. I would, I would like to see a move to to get Manny Machado. But if, if you've got to somehow figure out a way to make sure that's not a rental. No, absolutely. I mean, if you, even if it's something where you trade him and immediately re-sign him like the Phillies did with Roy Halladay, right. uh, that'd be something that'd be awesome. And to clarify, those guys are on the uh, the high A uh, Clearwater Threshers. So you were right in single A, not not uh, not double A for me. Um, but no, but I totally agree with you. And, and trying to get a, somebody like Machado, if you're gonna look, if you're gonna unload guys of this quality. You need to you need to almost put a stipulation. You want to play shortstop? Great. We have this big hole in our shortstop area right now. JP Crawford isn't really looking major league ready. We're putting fucking Pedro Florum on out here. We right. need you. We want you long term. You do basically the opposite of what they try to do with Jake Arietta, which that's the only thing that scares me is because they're so smart with how they've been trying to do the the analytics and all that that they may try to shy away from doing that and think that they can, you know, outsmart them in the off season. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, here's the thing. I don't, I don't think we need to rush to make a move. No, I agree. Yeah. I mean, it, it, frankly, this probably isn't the year. If there's another world series championship in this window, that's starting to open, it's not 2018. Um, so you could, you could afford to let him go to fucking wherever, whether it's, you know, so, you know, whoever is is hanging around there. Uh, let's say the Brewers. Let them go to the Brewers for a year and then get them in December. Right. Yeah, I do think. I mean, uh, a couple. I mean, other guy to look at is um, is, is it Zach? Is it Zach Britton with the oh, yeah, the, yeah, the closer? Right. Yeah, he's he's been very hurt, but yeah, that'd be another guy that you could could try to look at. Yeah. Also, Cole Hamels is is in the running here, and that team is floundering. You got to think he's a guy that could possibly come this way. Um, another young guy would be possibly Chris Archer. If yeah, you, that's actually that's you a really think good we one. We need another starter. Now, I'm not convinced we do, but he's only 29 and he's a pretty affordable contract that runs through 2021. So he hasn't been great this year, but he might be able to buy low, which is always fantastic. 
Always great. Yeah. Always great to find that arbitrage. But I'm telling you, I would really like Machado on this team. He's a hell of a ball player. Oh, and yeah. He has come on strong lately. So that'd be fantastic. Other teams are going to be out there, though. Dodgers, Mets, Cardinals, Brewers, Cubs. Hey, maybe even the freaking Yankees. You never know. So yeah. we'll see what happens. We will. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty excited right now. I've, I'm always excited to watch the Phillies, but I'm pretty excited where they're at. Like we said, they're on the up and up. Um, yeah, and I mean, seeing if they're still hanging around by the time that the first trade deadline, the non-waiver comes around in July, uh, I'm going to be pretty excited. It'll be fun to see, uh, you know, hopefully more than one Philly in the All-Star game and hopefully not just one of their relievers. Um, get Oduble there, maybe get pro- probably get Oduble and Nola there, um, which would be nice to see. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, like I said, the positive is it. They're, they're you know what they are to me. What? They're the baseball's version of the Sixers. Yeah, they, I mean, they they weren't purposely losing or anything like that, but right. I mean, trust the prospects has been a, a something thrown around with the Phillies for a while. Well, I'll tell you this: I think baseball has had much more in terms of tanking for years than any other sport. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, part of that's it's almost. It's almost you can't really think about it tanking because of the way the contracts work out. But I mean, teams yeah. in baseball have been tanking. Hell, Billy Bean, you could argue, and and the the Rays as an organization have been tanking without even meaning to because of the payroll discrepancy. Yeah. Like between baseball. So I don't really think tanking is a bad word in baseball anymore because everybody kind of does it without yeah, realizing exactly. they're doing it. Right. I mean, the Marlins are now doing it. They're, they're probably the most outright I've ever seen. Well, they've done memory. it a number of times, too. Right. But that, but see, that's because of the payroll discrepancy, which is baseball's fault, not on individual teams. No, that's very so, true. Yeah. Uh, I think that plays into it a little bit there, at least. But, yeah. But anyway, I mean, like I said, I, I want to see them make a move, but also I'm perfectly fine if they don't, simply because I love a lot of the players they have, and I'd love to see where they go. No, for sure. Yeah, and, and I guess to to wrap things up, I mean, let's just kind of look at their schedule, I guess, going, yeah. going forward. Like we said, they're in St. Louis right now uh, for four games. Then they'll be home uh, for the next week. They'll host Atlanta, which will be pretty crucial. Uh, the second time the Braves are coming to town, the fifth time they're playing the Braves uh, before the end of May. That's pretty wow. absurd. Yeah. Um, and then they host the Blue Jays for an interleague series. So. After that, they do a little West Coast swing. They go out to LA for four games. Uh, you know that that could be a potential to to try to snag some. Then you go to San Francisco, who you just four games swept last week. And so we'll see. I mean, they could they could really go on a little bit of a run. And and well, look, at, look at June. You go to the Cubs. Yeah. Are they going to be rallying them? You'd expect. And you, then you're going to be out west a lot. I mean, there's there's going to be some tough series. Look at the look at the. You go St. Louis, Washington, Yankees, Washington. That yeah. is brutal at the end of June there. Um, it's going to be exciting, but there's going to be some tough stretches here. I think that's the thing you want to you be ready for. Be no, nice to is. see us play a little better against the Braves. I hate yeah, it. Yeah, we need I'm to. to. I'm starting to hate the Braves again. Which is good. We talked about this before. It's good. They have young guys. They're guys we're going to hate for years. This is good because the Mets have been, uh, in terms of like guys we can hate because they've been all over the place. And it's really hard to... I hate to admit it, but it's hard to hate Thor. He's just he's Thor. <laughs> he's Thor. And he's like he's like a smart Thor. ass too. Like she so really can't hate him. You can like Thor, that's fine. That's that slider. It's fucking so good. Um <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, yeah, we'll get to the midpoint of the season and and yeah, that those you hit the nail on the head. Those last uh twelve games are gonna be really run it, flying by the seat of your pants before uh we hit July first, and that's gonna be Exciting to say the least, but 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 scary a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. I agree. I'm looking forward to it, though. And um, excited to see this team kind of continue to progress. Absolutely. But I think that's going to wrap it up for us, Matt. Is there anything else you wanted to cover? No, that's really it. Just get out to the ballpark soon if you can. Um, Stay tuned for more from us, obviously, as well. Tweet your your stadium snacks when you do so. Say that again? I said, tweet us your stadium snacks when you go to the ballpark. Oh uh, yeah, please do. We'll Let talk us about know. you on the air. That'd be fantastic. We'd love to. Yeah. Hear, we'd love to hear from you. And um, now that the rest of the Phillies four teams are out, or they're out, this is the team you should be following. This Absolutely. is you know get get on board. 
know, tune in for a game. Or if you're in Reading or up in Lehigh Valley, or hey, if you're lucky enough to be in Florida right now, go check out a minor league game and give us some insight on some of these young prospects that are coming up. Oh, we need some. We need some insight. But that'll do it. Make sure to follow us on, on Twitter, ThunderBLG, Thunderblog Sports, on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, obviously, ThunderBlogSports.com is our website. But for my man, Matty D, I am the G-Man. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Philly special in terms of the bullpen card, not the real one. But that'll do it. Matt, thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. See you guys.